Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess, Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. Hello, all my pod people out there. How are you all doing this evening? I hope you're doing well. As you're aware from the title of this episode, the movie we are watching is The Prowler. And for me, this is one of those overlooked horror movies. It doesn't get the attention I think it deserves. There are a lot of great horror movies that kind of fell through the cracks, and only true horror addicts talk about them. Now, if there's a horror movie like that that you believe needs more attention, feel free to send me some recommendations. All my contact info is over at evilqueensf.com. Well, I think it's time to get into this evening's main feature. Enjoy. Tonight I am reviewing The Prowler from 1981. Okay, immediate World War II newsreel. The Queen Mary, the greatest passenger liner in the world, brings home the greatest human cargo New York Harbor has ever seen. Almost 15,000 troops get an eager glimpse of the U.S. of A. Past the towers of Manhattan steams the 83,000-ton British liner. These victorious GIs have done their duty. They answered their country's call, left their jobs, their families, their sweethearts, and beat the Nazi tyranny on a thousand battlefields. For some, the psychological victims of war, it will be a long road back. These men will need time to rebuild the lives they set aside when Uncle Sam called. For others, the GIs of the Dear John letters, it means starting over, replacing what they have lost. They faced one challenge and won. They can win this one, too. Welcome home. Let dancing replace marching. The first time I saw this, I thought it was the wrong movie, or I got a bad copy. I mean, I've heard of cold openings, but this one is ice cold. <laughs> so then we focus in on an actual Dear John letter narrated by the girl who wrote it, Rosemary. I don't know how to tell you this. I really don't want to hurt you, but I just can't wait for you any longer. I know I promised to wait. I really did try, but it's been so much longer than either of us expected. So much has happened, and you're so far away. I hope you understand how I feel. I know I said I loved you, but I'm young, and I have to live my life now. And who knows how long it will be before you return. I hope you don't hate me for leaving you this way, but... Perhaps when the war is over, we can be friends again. Please take care of yourself. I continue to worry about you. Sincerely, Rosemary. Now, being a queen of a certain age, I have had many a breakup. Many, many, many breakups. And some of them were the absolute worst. But if you have a good Dear John letter kind of story that you would want to share with the world, <laughs> feel free to email me. All my contact info is over at evilqueensf.com. All right, cut to Avalon Bay, June 28th, 1945, the night of the class of 45 graduation dance. Now, I love all the old cars, the old military outfits, the music. It's all very of the time. 
And I guess a lot of these graduates are just home from overseas from the war because they're all wearing their outfits. So we see the spoiled brat guy and his date, the pink dress girl, Frances Rosemary, leaving the dance early in this stunning car. And I guess they're driving out to make out down at the gazebo on the end of the pier. But we also see someone in boots and green pants with a pitchfork. And he cuts the lights to the gazebo. And as the couple is making out on the gazebo, the girl sees him from behind. And he forks right through the two lovebirds. With the help of his foot, he gets all the way through. Then he leaves a rose in the girl's hand. I mean, it's a great kill. And I also love that the killer has to use actual force to get the pitchfork all the way through the people. It makes it seem so much more real because he had to use his foot to like get it all the way in there. Not like some horror movies where they just stab right through and no resistance at all. It was great. And now title card, The Prowler. So now we jump to Avalon Bay, June 28th, 1980, 35 years later. And a bunch of college kids are preparing for the graduation dance. And we meet Deputy Mark and his college girlfriend, Pam, at the police station with Sheriff George. And we get a little exposition. I gotta stop by the office first, though. I know the sheriff will kill me. They haven't had a graduation dance since 1945 because Major Chatham wouldn't allow it. Uh, he'd stop it now if he could. But he can't. Since the stroke, no one's even seen him. You know, I feel sorry for him. He's all alone in that house, so close to where he found his daughter and that boy. The state police called about an hour ago. Somebody robbed a market up near Columbus. Cut some kid up and took his car. They think he may be headed this way. Are you still going to leave? I can't start the summer without fishing. Now, you know that. I never could. Besides, you've been here for two years now. You can handle anything that might come along. So the sheriff leaves for his fishing trip. So, and I'm guessing this is just a small college town, but it must be like a small private college or something. They don't really get into it, but this place seems really tiny. Cut to the girls' dorms, and they are all getting ready for the dance. And then it's intercut with scenes of someone lacing up their pants or boots or something very tight with his knife and bayonet and shotgun. And I like the way they interlaced it with the girls getting ready and him getting ready and the girls getting ready and him getting ready. It was a great scene. Then one of the girls flashes the old neighbor man who's in a wheelchair. One girl, once all the other girls are gone, because they're all done and ready, one girl's left alone getting ready and she's still in the shower. I'm like, come on girl, get going. And someone is walking up the dorm steps. Then we get the naked girl in the shower shot, obviously. And then bam, someone opens the shower door and it's her boyfriend. So he goes into the other room to start getting undressed to join her. And bam, he gets stabbed right through the head and out the bottom of his jaw with a bayonet. And he bleeds all over and his eyes turn white for some reason. It is a great kill. Now it's Shower Girl's turn and she gets pitchforked up the wall. Great scene. As some of my horror fans will know, the special effects in this were done by the master Tom Savini. And that's why the kills look so good. Cut to the dance and someone cutting cake. Mmm, cake. <laughs> I always wanted to go to a dance like this, but I never got the chance, sadly. So Deputy Mark shows up to the dance, since he and Pam are dating, I guess. And it seems to be the only thing happening in that small town, so he has to do something. Okay, I just have to say this, I'm sorry, but Deputy Mark just is not attractive. Even in the uniform, he's just not cute. Ugh. Anyway, 
then slutty flasher girl grabs Mark to dance before he can get over to Pam, and Pam is annoyed. The one actual hot guy in this movie spikes the punch, which of course gets spilled on Pam, and she has to go back to the dorms to change. But I mean, that'll teach you to wear white next to a bowl of red punch. <laughs> so the killer is still there in the dorms, and he puts a rose on shower girl's face while Pam is changing right outside the door. And then she just leaves in this hideous teal outfit. But then as she's going down the stairs, she sees the killer in his cool outfit coming down the stairs after her, slowly walking as she runs all over the place looking for an open door or window. She finally makes it out to the back stairs, I guess. And wham, the old man, Major Chatham, in his wheelchair from next door grabs her, but she gets away and runs into Deputy Mark. So Mark leaves her in his Jeep and he goes to have a look around and the killer is watching him from the bushes. He finds Pam's purse that she dropped and some wheelchair tracks, but that's it. Okay, so I have to say the music and sound effects so far in this movie are amazing. So Deputy Mark goes in the dorm to look around, but the door to the room with the two dead people is locked. So he's just like, whatever. So he goes back to his Jeep and they leave and they go to see Major Chatham in his big house, but he's not answering his door. So they go around the back, find an open window and head in. They call Major Chatham's name and the killer hears him. So he must be somewhere in the house too. So they continue to look around as this tense music plays, really making this scene scarier than it is. It's a great job. And they head into the room and find a photo of Frances Chatham, the girl killed in 45, was the Major's daughter. So Mark goes to look around upstairs as Pam looks in an old box of photos and she finds something interesting. Everything's covered upstairs. Chad probably hasn't even been up there since his last stroke. You find anything? Look at this. So what? It's the Major's daughter. Frances Rosemary Chad. And they must have called her Rose. And look, see, I found the, the pressed rose in the yearbook. And the killer left behind a rose in her hands. Didn't you read my article? They never found out who did it. It had to be someone in town, someone who knew that she was called Rose. And Mark, that guy still might be around here. Oh, man, I don't believe this. You're talking about something that happened over 30 years ago. <gasps> Pam, the guy who chased you may be the one the state police are looking for right now. I said, let's get the hell out of here and go to the dance and see that everyone stays inside. Maybe you should call the sheriff. Thanks. I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't mean that. Yes, you did, Pam. Anyway, they leave Chatham's to go warn the people at the dance. Cut back to the dance, and Paul is drunk and throwing up, and his date, slutty girl Lisa, leaves to go take a swim. Um, okay, in the middle of the dance? Whatever. But Paul is drunk and being a pain, so Deputy Mark and Pam take him back to the police station. Then they make an announcement at the dance. A very important announcement to make. Uh... Thing on still you saying hello testing hello uh, attention uh, could I have your attention please ladies and shouldn't be too long okay so everybody just relax and enjoy the dance and the music <laughs> Shit. that's easy for you to say <laughs> 
Cut to slutty Lisa in the pool waiting for Paul. And as she's coming up the ladder out of the pool, the killer kicks her right in the face. <laughs> then he seemingly disappears. But no, he's in the water and jumps up, grabs her from behind, slits her throat. And the underwater shot of the pool light and the water slowly turning redder and redder as Lisa sinks is a great kill. So good. The female chaperone goes to look for Lisa. And she gets stabbed in the neck. Also a great kill, but very quick. So far the effects are really, really good. Cut to Ben this other guy, taking his date down into the basement for some fun. And an old male chaperone is watching them like a perv. Okay, later for that. Cut back to the sheriff's station, and the local grocer, Kingsley, is upset. Well, looky here. Now George left you in charge here. Can't you keep them kids under control? What are you doing here, Kingsley? Same damn graduation thing. We haven't had any trouble out of that college for more than 30 years, and now we have to start that damn thing over again. What do you mean? There's a bunch of kids over there in the cemetery. I know what they're doing in there. Yeah, what are they doing in there, Kingsley? Well, it was dark. I couldn't see anything. Well, if you couldn't see anything, why don't you just go home? Sure. But that gate was wide open. The gate's supposed to be locked at night. I wonder what he was doing wandering around down there. So Deputy Mark and Pam head down to the cemetery. Again, he leaves Pam in the Jeep so he and his trusty flashlight can go look around. You know, I love graveyards at night. They are so cool. So the deputy finds a dug up grave and the casket is broken open. So the deputy jumps in and starts to open it. But someone else is in the cemetery and watching Pam in the Jeep. And it's the grocer's employee, Otto. And he tries to grab her so she screams. So Otto runs away and Deputy Mark shows back up. So now Pam and the deputy go back to the open grave. And he finally opens the casket all the way. And it's Lisa with a rose. And they look at the gravestone and it's Rosemary's gravestone. So the deputy finally calls the sheriff, but the guy at the cabin where the sheriff is staying puts him on quote unquote hold and doesn't actually go get the sheriff. He just pretends to. And then he says he's not in the cabin. He must be out fishing. This guy sucks. So then Mark calls the state police for backup. That's smart. And Pam has a theory. When will they be here? Less than half an hour. They caught the man who robbed the store three hours ago. He couldn't have killed Lisa. That was Rose Chatham's grave we found, wasn't it? I don't know. Mark, the same man who killed her killed Lisa. So they head up to Major Chatham's again. Now the door is open, so they head on in, and Mark heads upstairs to look around for the prowler. Bam! The power goes out. And as Deputy Mark is coming back down the stairs, the killer whacks him and drags him off, and possibly kills him, but we don't see it. Downstairs, Pam notices a fresh rose under Rosemary's photograph and something dangling inside the fireplace. It's a necklace. So she feels around in the chimney and Rosemary's old dead body falls out and Pam starts to freak and runs. But when she opens the door, the killer is standing there with a rose and he says... Then she runs and he follows her 
with the bayonet. So of course she runs upstairs, not out the front door. And then this house is kind of a maze. She goes in and out of doors and in and out of rooms. But she finally ends up hiding under some of the sheeted furniture. Here comes the killer finally. He had to stop and grab his pitchfork. So he goes through destroying everything in the room looking for her. Again, great use of music in this scene. She finally runs and she grabs his pitchfork and he's about to stab her with his bayonet. But Otto, the grocery guy, pops in with a shotgun and just shoots him. And they think it's over. But the killer sits up and shoots Otto. And then he gets up and Pam stabs him in the back with a pitchfork. And it's just stuck in his back as they both wrestle with the gun. And the killer has to take his mask off because he can't breathe or something. And it's the sheriff. Bum, bum, bum. So they keep struggling. And the shotgun gets right under the sheriff's chin. And bam, his head is blown to pieces. It's a great effect. And I can't believe they showed it because it is so graphic. But it is so good. Cut to the morning. And the state police have shown up. And Pam goes up to her room. And the shower is still running. So she goes to check. And dead white-eyed guy grabs her. Or maybe she imagined that. The end. Um, hello, what? Okay, so first off, what happened to Major Chatham? Is he dead? Is he still out there in his wheelchair somewhere? What about the kids in the basement with the old perv guy watching them? I'm guessing the sheriff is the guy who got the Dear John letter at the beginning, and the dance is what made him snap again? I don't know. Also, that weird jump scare at the end with the white-eyed shower guy? I don't know about that. I read that they wanted it to be like the end of Carrie, but I don't know, it just didn't seem cohesive. I love the killer's look. I love the choice of weapons. I love the kills. The music was perfect. The acting was good. The setting was fine. Though I do wish there was a little more info about the college to help ground the setting better. Well, I give The Prowler from 1981 7.5 out of 10 bowls of spiked punch. <laughs> now don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about the podcast. Feel free to send me any comments, questions, concerns, movie recommendations, or whatever. All my contact info is over at evilqueensf.com. Well, that's enough horror for me tonight. As always, keep watching scary movies. Bye-bye. for you today uh yeah just some deodorant no sweat <laughs> get it